Oral questions by members. Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Crime is out of control across this province under the Attorney General's catch and release system. In Surrey, a man with a lengthy criminal record recently attacked a mother and her 11-month-old daughter, knocking over her stroller while shouting he was going to kill the child. The prolific offender had 14 convictions for breaching probation, 17 convictions for uttering threats, and 23 assault-related convictions. At the time of this particular random assault, he was under three different probation orders. People have lost faith in this Attorney General's catch and release system. When exactly will the Attorney General do something specific to deal with prolific offenders? Attorney General. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And, uh, and thank you to the member. I think her uh, question illustrates a couple of the major challenges we face. You know, when I think about um, how I would react if somebody did that to my family, uh, it fills me with anger uh, and an instinct to protect those that I love. And I think everybody in this house uh, would feel the same way. Um, clearly, when someone has had literally dozens of convictions, which means that the Crown has prosecuted, they've been to court, the judges found them guilty and sentenced them, and this activity continues when they're released from those sentences, we need a solution that goes beyond the current system. Now, I accept uh, the opposition's suggestion that we need to be creative within provincial jurisdiction, which is why we're working with police, why we're working with mayors, and I expect to have an announcement in the coming days about what exactly we will be doing to be creative to address these issues. Leader of the Official Opposition, supplemental. Well, thank you uh, to the Attorney General, and of course that fills us with anger and horror. And it would be one thing if that were the only situation that happened in our province, but it is not. Repeat and prolific offenders keep cycling through the catch and release system that is overseen by this Attorney General. Over the weekend, we saw shocking video of bus passengers trying to restrain a man who violently assaulted four people on a bus. The attacker was a prolific offender, but was released on conditions after that violent assault. One of the victims, Tristan L'Esperance, says, and I quote, my immediate thought when we found out he was released on bail, he's going to seriously injure someone. End quote. Just another example of catch and release under this uh, Attorney General's watch. Why will the Attorney General not move specifically and immediately to deal with prolific offenders? Attorney General. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And uh, I think that when we think about public spaces in downtown cores or on transit, as the member says, we need people to have confidence when they're using public services, when they're in public areas, that they're safe, that they feel comfortable, and I'm happy to work with the opposition on these issues. Where we part company, I guess, is understanding uh, provincial jurisdiction and responsibility and federal authorities. I've explained to the member, and I know she knows this, she actually was an attorney general, and she was attorney general 
she was attorney general uh, with the same charge standard that we have today. She was attorney general with the same disclosure process we have today. Now the difference is a couple significant things have happened since she was attorney general that she might not be aware of. First, Bill C-75 at the federal level, the Zora decision from the Supreme Court of Canada, and the Jordan decision from the Supreme Court of Canada, all of which place incredible pressure on our criminal justice system to respond to exactly the issues she's describing, which are incidents involving serious mental health and addiction issues, and how the courts manage those individuals. Now, it's important to be realistic about the context we work in, because that will inform how we respond to it. We have to use provincial authorities to address these issues. It is unfair of the member to blame the Crown Prosecution Service that is using the same rules that they used under her for what we're facing right now. We need to work together to address this serious issue. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. And to be clear, the fingers are pointing at the Attorney General and his failed catch and release system. And it rings very hollow, and for very good reason, when we hear the Attorney General try to deflect. The BC Liberal government, we acted on prolific offenders. The prolific offender program involved intensive supervision linking offenders to services, as well as increasing enforcement. The results included a 40% reduction in reoffending rates. But believe it or not, Mr. Speaker, the now Attorney General actually opposed yeah. that prolific offender program, and he opposed the action on prolific offenders directly. This is what the Attorney General had to say when he was the head of the BC Civil Liberties Association on October 25, 2011, in the Vancouver Sun. He said, and I quote, we have serious concerns with the results of this program and are continuing to investigate the aggressive policing tactics, end quote program that dropped prolific offender reoffending rates by 40%. Is this why the Attorney General refuses to take action on prolific offenders and instead insists on going down the road of his catch and release system? Attorney General. Well, thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and, uh, and I know uh, that the opposition, when they were in government, grappled with the issue of chronic offenders, and I accept that we have a different approach than they did when they were on this side of the House. Our approach includes 500 complex care beds for people with serious mental health and addiction. When, when, I was out, when I was out in civil society groups, I had to fight tooth and nail for any kind of housing other than a mat on the floor, never mind mental health services. member is, is here to say that they uh, cared more about uh, resources for Crown Council. Let me just, uh, and, and resources to address these kinds of issues on the criminal justice side, let me just give that member just one fact. In the last year of their government, they increased Crown Council resources by 0.9%. Mm. In our first year of government, we increased Crown Council resources by 10 times that, to 9.6%. And since being in government, we've increased Crown Council resources by 35 per cent. Member for Cambridge North Thompson Supplemental. Thank Members. You, Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The end result is under this Attorney General's catch and release system, people don't feel safe in their communities. Prolific offenders, 
are running the streets right now. There is zero trust that this Attorney General is taking any meaningful steps, both on the prolific ascender side as well as with police. And in fact, the Attorney General has a long history of anti-police comments. He literally wrote a handbook, Mr. Speaker, titled How to Sue the Police when he worked at the Pivot Nemo Society. In 2011, he opposed a successful prolific offender program, saying he had serious concerns with so-called aggressive policing tactics. He said you have to take police statistics with a bit of a grain of salt, yet we're supposed to trust his statistics when everyone acknowledges that crime's running out of control and he says it's actually dropping. And his record over the last five years is a 75% increase in the rate of no charge assessments. Once again, the Attorney General, when is he going to address prolific offenders instead of his failed catch and release system? Attorney General. Well, thank you, Honourable Speaker. It's, it's almost like we didn't just have an all-party committee that agreed on <laughs> radical overhaul for policing in our province. I mean, when, when I wrote that book, uh, families who had uh, loved ones who were killed by police had to rely on police investigating themselves mm. to address that issue. Work that I did along with many other people ended that system and forced the previous government to bring in the independent investigation office yeah, here, here. so that families get satisfaction. <laughs> getting, getting tough on crime doesn't mean a blank check for police. It means addressing the core issues. And policing are not going to police are not going to be able to address, and they tell us that. They are not going to be able to address the mental health and addiction issues in our communities. Under that government's watch, homelessness tripled. That is not a policing issue. It is a public order issue, but it is not a policing issue. Shame on them for not addressing those social issues that drove the issues we're facing today. We're addressing those issues. Leader of the third party. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. I'm heartened to hear the Attorney General say things this morning, including that we need to work together to address serious issues. And his, uh, his comments about the all-party committee uh, and the value of that work. For years, advocates have asked for a review of the Mental Health Act. It was asked for in 2017 by the Community Legal Assistance Society. It was asked for in 2019 by the Office of the Ombudsperson. And just last week, the government's own Special Committee on Reforming Police Act uh, recommended that the Act be reviewed by an all-party committee. So it was incredibly welcome news when the Attorney General reported that the Act will be significantly modernized. But this moment of joy was interrupted when we realized that the process is going on behind closed doors. To quote the Attorney General, quote, we're doing a review of those processes and the legislation because it's very dated. The Mental Health Act is criticized for its lack of accountability and oversight. It has caused significant harm to thousands of British Columbians. So this is not a tinkering around the edges situation without involving patients and families. This issue warrants a full public-facing review of the Act. It requires serious transparency to make sure that it's working for people and communities. My questions for you, Honourable Speaker, to the Attorney General. Why is the review an internal process by the Ministry and not a public-facing committee as recommended by the Special Committee on Reforming the Police Act. Attorney General. Uh, thank you, Honourable Chair. Uh, a couple of pieces. Um, when I spoke to that uh, reporter from the TAI, I explained that we were doing a policy review of uh, two pieces of legislation. One is the Adult Guardianship Act, uh, and the other uh, is the Mental Health Act. Uh, there are a number of uh, lawsuits where the province is being sued in relation to 
the Mental Health Act. Uh, part of that work obviously involves a policy review uh, to make sure that we are responsive to what's happening. Um, the reporter uh, then, uh, with the editor, decided to run a headline that we were overhauling the Mental Health Act. Uh, my team contacted uh, the TAI to say, that's not what's happening. If I communicated that, just to be clear, we are not uh, in that process. If we were, obviously, uh, to the member, uh, the community would be broadly involved in that process. We're doing the work that's necessary to respond to litigation and to make sure our legislation is up to date. I can advise the member that that work uh, will continue. Leader of the Third Party, supplemental. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. So uh, we've gone from uh, the news that there is an overhaul of the Mental Health Act, which is much needed, long overdue, to the news that there isn't an overhaul of the Mental Health Act. However, pieces of that legislation are being addressed behind closed door. But let's look at this government's record on this. Uh, the handling of would-be Bill 22, the involuntary stabilization care for youth, in the consultation process, behind closed doors, experts flagged that this legislation was harmful, but the government was determined to push it through despite resistance from the very communities it affected, and now two years later, they finally recognized that it was deeply flawed legislation. The bill is buried in God, but the legacy of how this government is handling the Mental Health Act continues. Having private conversations that this government can ignore does not lead to trust. An all-party committee provides transparency to the public. They help depoliticize an issue. They show that the public that the collaborative work can be done to achieve consensus. The review of the Mental Health Act is necessary and overdue. It is an opportunity for justice for patients and families. But this government needs to work on rebuilding trust. My question for you, Honourable Speaker, is to the Attorney General. Will he commit to that review of the Act and ensure that it is done via an all-party committee. Attorney General. Thank you, uh, thank you, Honorable Chair. I uh, uh, explained to the member uh, the uh, routine and regular policy work that happens within the Ministry of Attorney General uh, in relation to these kinds of issues. That work will continue. Uh, and the headline in the article was uh, simply incorrect. Opposition House Leader. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, well, new reports uh, show that 241 calls uh, to police are abandoned every single day. British Columbians simply can't get through to the police four out of every 10 calls. That's up from 25% from the same time last year. But while the crimes people face every day are underreported, the Attorney General would rather undermine police data to protect his catch and release system. This is a pattern of behaviour. In the past, the Attorney General has claimed that the Vancouver Police Department has a history of, and I quote, releasing misleading information, end quote. Bottom line here is that people have lost faith in the Attorney General's catch and release system. So when will the Attorney General take action to get prolific offenders off of our streets? Attorney General. Thank you, Honourable Chair, and I'm so glad uh, that the member stood up to ask this question because I'm busy uh, finalizing a letter to him he uh, did an interview on CFAX on April 28th, where he made some absolutely outrageous allegations about me, about Crown Council, and about the administration of our criminal justice system. He said that I changed BC's charge assessment policy, quote, me, uh, used my name, changed the charge assessment policy years ago to essentially implement a much higher standard that's required before charges can actually be approved. I have an article from 2014 
from then Attorney General Suzanne Anton defending the exact same charge assessment standard that we have today. He alleged I have a new full disclosure policy that forces police to have full disclosure before charging murderers, insinuating that Crown Council are allowing murderers to go into the community because of a policy I made. That MOU drafted under the BC Liberals, amended twice under the BC Liberals, the exact same policy and the idea that it would prevent hardworking Crown Council from protecting the public from murderers is absurd. It is absurd. And he needs to apologize to Crown Council for making such an allegation. he sat around the cabinet table, he signed off on a budget of 0.9% increase for Crown Council, which we increased 10 times in our first year of government. But that didn't stop him from going on CFAX to say we're underfunding Crown Council. He said they're, he said they're overloaded with files. They have 20% fewer files because crime is in fact down, Honourable Speaker. So, Honourable Speaker, if he wants to stand up and apologize to Crown Council, I think he should. Opposition House Leader Supplemental. Members, let's hear the question. Mr. Speaker. Members, members, order. Mr. Speaker. Let's, let's hear the question. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Well, the only person that owes British Columbians an apology is this Attorney General for being soft on crime. There, there is, there is. There is chaos taking place on our streets all over this province, and it's on this Attorney General's watch. He has tools at his disposal, and he's choosing not, not to implement them. Crime is through the roof, violent crime. People don't feel safe in their communities, and this Attorney General has the audacity to suggest that members of the opposition who are highlighting the concerns of British Columbians, highlighting the concerns of mayors, that we should apologize? Members. I don't think so. Mr. Mr. Speaker, uncomfortable for the Attorney General who's soft on crime. He should apologize for that too. In, a, in, addition, in addition to opposing programs members, to address prolific offenders, the Attorney members. General has a history of dismissing the severity of crime. Order. I know, I know these are inconvenient uh, 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 truths that the members of the opposite uh, are, are not wanting to hear. They dismiss the fact that people don't feel safe walking down their streets in broad daylight. Assaults are through the roof. They can, they can laugh. British Columbians aren't laughing. In 2011, the Attorney General said we should cut police funding because, quote, I simply think we've hit the point where crime is at a low and acceptable level, end quote. And he continues to this day to claim that crime is uh, acceptably low. Last week, in this House, he said, and I quote, I disagree with the member that the statistics show that things are getting worse, end quote. But despite his denials, serious crimes are on the rise all across this province. In Vancouver, violent crime is up 7.1%. Stranger assaults are up 33%, over four attacks per day. Arson is up 49%. And there is a huge increase in glass breaks, which are up 48%. And the police say that glass companies can't even keep up. 
When will the Attorney General acknowledge that his catch and release system is a failure? And when is he going to step up and take action to protect British Columbia so they once again feel safe in their communities? Attorney General. Honourable Speaker, the lack of credibility of this member goes all through his remarks. I have stood in this place and I have agreed with the opposition that there are serious issues that need to be addressed. I have agreed with them that we need to be creative within provincial jurisdiction. I have an announcement coming in the coming days about exactly how we're going to do that. And yet he stands up and insists the opposite. Just like he stood up and on CKNW said, quote, they, referring to Crown Council, can't actually approve charges in a suspected homicide. Just like he stood up and said, uh, quote, using my name, that I changed the charge assessment policy years ago. Totally false, completely fictional. Not new for him. And so when the member stands up in this place, and makes a series of further allegations that I don't take this problem seriously, he's wrong on that too. Member for Prince George Mackenzie. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, the Attorney General's job is to prevent the administration of justice from falling into dis disrespute. There's been a number of significant changes to the criminal code. There's been some significant Supreme Court of Canada decisions that, that affect how prosecutors do their job. And so if, there, if the attorney is relying on policy from, from six, seven, ten years ago to support what he's doing today, it's wrong. He's got to be nimble enough to address these issues that have uh, surfaced. I've watched the uh, Chief of Police in Vancouver on the news last week saying, and I quote, I've heard, a number, I've heard a lot of armchair quarterbacks, but nobody knows our data better than we do. We're talking about invasion of people's space, physically, assaulting people, attacking people, robbing people. Violent crime is more concerning than property crime, full stop, he says and it's up 7.1%, end quote. This weekend, we saw multiple random attacks in Vancouver, including one where a woman suffered facial injuries after she was robbed and assaulted by a person using a broken bottle as a weapon. Will the Attorney General get up off his armchair, abandon his doctrine of catch and release, and take action to stop these random attacks? Attorney General. Honourable Speaker, the member for Kamloops South could take a lesson uh, from that member. I am grateful for a question that acknowledges the very real context that we face, the challenge that we face. Now, I mean, armchair, okay, you know, I mean, this is politics, but this is the challenge that we face. And the policies are unchanged. The member is 100% correct. We need to be creative within the authorities we have to respond to this problem. I agree with him. Those policies are not serving us right now. I have an announcement in the coming days. Members. I have an announcement in the coming days about how we will address this issue that has become particularly acute during the pandemic. And I know the members know this. So we'll do that work. I thank the member for his question. I also want to thank that member because that is the one member 
I have heard a constructive suggestion from about how to address this issue. He suggested that we have dedicated Crown Counsel for some chronic offenders. I think it's a great suggestion, and in fact, we're looking at doing that. So thank you to that. Member for Caribou-Chilcotin. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. One of the several uh, attacks that happened this weekend in Vancouver included a man who was shocked in the leg with a homemade stun gun. Other random attacks included people hurling rocks, pedestrians being kicked, punched, and assaulted. It's happening everywhere, Mr. Speaker. In 100 Mile House, an arsonist sent residents of Parkview Apartments scrambling at 3 o'clock in the morning, an armed robbery at the local A&W, a stabbing on Birch Avenue, all within the last week or so. Mr. Speaker, people have lost faith. Say what you may, but the Attorney General's catch and release system is not working. Residents are frustrated. They're angry. Mr. Speaker, they're afraid. When will the Attorney General take action and restore the faith in the justice system. Attorney General. Uh, thank you, Our Honourable Chair. I uh, have had uh, good discussions with the Mayor uh, from Williams Lake, the Mayor from Terrace, uh, Trail, who have raised these issues for me in addition to the Urban Mayor's Caucus. Uh, I have an announcement in the coming days about how we will address this issue. I agree with the member. Uh, the current system is not working for certain groups of offenders, and we need to address that, and, uh, and I look forward to sharing that information with him. Member for Richmond, North Thompson. <laughs> Richmond, North Centre. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. State Attorney General claims crime is down, but nobody, no one in Chinatown believes him. No one in Chinatown believes his failing catch and release system. Tracy Toh's family appliance business has been in Chinatown for 34 years. And she says, things are 10 times worse than ever before. I quote, we have had to deal with numerous fires, female staff members physically attacked, non-stop gra gravity, defecation, Needles and doorways are disgusting. And criminals targeting our beloved Dr. Sonia Sang Gardens and also hacking off her dragon lanterns is just pure chaos. End quote. Why does the Attorney General continue to ignore the crime concerns that are hurting our historical Chinatown. Attorney General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Chair. Um, I know I've heard the concerns uh, from uh, the leaders in the Chinatown uh, community. I know the City of Vancouver has. Uh, I share their uh, hope that an increase in foot traffic in the neighbourhood as cruise ships return, as tourists return to Gastown and to Chinatown, uh, will have an impact in a positive way. The City of Vancouver has taken a number of steps. But I do have to take exception to the member's suggestion that I somehow downplayed the issues in Chinatown or in downtown Vancouver or in other downtown centres. The members keep repeating this over and over. Even when I stand up and say, this is a serious issue, we're taking action, the Minister for Public Safety and I 
have an announcement to share in the coming days about what we're going to do to be creative with the mayors and other subject matter experts in this area to address these issues. And I hope that when the member is communicating with key constituencies, that she tells people that, that the government recognizes the issue. We wish they would move faster. I accept that. And we will have more to say about this in the coming days. To those in Chinatown, those merchants and others, we're on your side, and we'll have more to do to assist you. Member for Study White Rock. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. On the weekend, the Attorney General claimed, and I quote, in terms of this group of chronic offenders and individuals who might be involved in these kind of random attacks, I think that we are seeing some good progress, end quote. So what does the minister mean by good progress? Random attacks are up 33% in Vancouver. That's good progress. And in South Surrey, the latest year-over-year -year crime data shows a 6% increase in violent crimes. Good progress, according to the Attorney General. A 10% increase in business break-ins. Good progress, according to the Attorney General. An 82% increase in criminal disturbances. Again, good progress, according to this Attorney General. How could this Attorney General possibly tell the people in South Surrey that these increases are good progress under his catch-and-release system? Attorney General. The answer is simple. I didn't. Uh, the member takes a single line, as the members are entitled to, out of context. I don't know how they could listen to me stand here over and over and say these are serious issues. The government needs to be creative to address them. The Minister for Public Safety and I are working with police, with mayors, to be creative within provincial jurisdiction to address these issues. We're working within a challenging federal context. And I guess I'm, I'm just not sure what else to say to that member to underline how seriously I take it that people in some communities in our province do not feel safe and that they have concerns about the system not work, working the way it should. So it's a priority for our government. It's a priority for me. It's a priority for the Premier. It's a priority for the Minister for Public Safety, for every single member, and I think on both sides of the House. Member for Surrey White Rock. Supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I'm sorry if the member's quotes are inconvenient for him. What's not inconvenient? The minister talks about an announcement in the coming days. Well, why doesn't that minister make that announcement today? The fact is, is that we, members, the, the government finds that this is a humorous issue. Well, I can tell you, the people in Surrey, the people in Vancouver. The people across this province find no humour in what is happening in our streets. None. Members, members, let's hear the question, please. Continue. Continue, please. To the Attorney General, when will he admit that his catch-and-release program is failing British Columbians every single day? Attorney General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. I uh, appreciate the sense of urgency that the member has. Um, I will uh, announce it, and the Minister of Public Safety will announce it as soon as we can. But the member will know that responses to uh, complex challenges like this require collaborative work. We're working with the mayors. Uh, we're working with other key leaders on this. And uh, we have to do that work. It does take a little longer, but the end result will be better.